hello and welcome back to season three, episode two of the People of Hitachi podcast. Today we're going to be talking to a couple of members from the Zero Carbon team at Hitachi Europe. Uh, Claudio and John are going to be talking to us about Go EV. So welcome both. Yes, thank you very much. Well, first of all, I'm very happy to be on this podcast. Uh, I follow it quite often, so it's good to be here. Yeah, my name is Claudio. Uh, I joined Hitachi a few months ago, so in March of this year, and I'm in the GoEV team. I'm a business analyst here and acting project manager for a while now as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being here and great to hear you're a, you're a follower of the podcast. And John, would you mind introducing yourself as well? Sure. Hi, my name is John Wybrow. Uh, I'm the energy business incubation lead in the new zero carbon team in Hitachi Europe. I've been here since 2016 and uh, I led the previous project on the Isles of Scilly uh, called Smart Energy Islands. And I'm helping Claudio on uh, the ongoing project there, GoEV. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Thank you both. So GoEV, could you tell us what is GoEV? What has the project been doing so far? Sure. Yeah. So GoEV actually stands for Grid Optimized Electric Vehicles. And it's an electric car share scheme on the Isles of Scilly. So going ahead from the uh, Smart Energy Islands project. So this one's a bit more involved in the transport side of the islands. So um, while well, the islands, you've, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they're, they're very small. So they can kind of be served um, through this small car share scheme, which uh, businesses and people from the island can use. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of also designed um, to, to be powered mostly through solar power or at least whenever we can, whenever it's sunny, which thankfully is quite often. So we have a few different stations where the vehicles are, are parked and charged. And, um, and through our systems and, and through the charges that we installed there, we can sort of capture the solar energy when it's available and use it sort of uh, yeah, throughout the day for different bookings um, so just, to, yeah, just for people to get around, essentially. Then the second part to that is on vehicle-to-grid technology. So that's that's very innovative as well. That basically uses the batteries on these electric vehicles to um, to sort of balance the grid when necessary. So whenever the grid needs energy, we can use the batteries on the vehicles to feed it back into the grid through the chargers. Yeah, that all makes sense. Just maybe could you explain what balancing the grid means? So um, as Claudio said, it, it extends from the original project, uh, which was all about energy. It's connected to Hitachi's mission to implement measures to mitigate climate change and, and promote more uh, renewable um, energy and, and decarbonized solutions. So the, so the world needs more renewable energy that primarily comes from wind power or solar power, but the wind doesn't blow all the time and the sun doesn't shine all the time. So we have to um, make sure that everyone who's using energy can still use that energy even when the renewables aren't there. And that's the, the balancing idea. So we, we built uh, a kind of microcosm of that whole challenge on the Isles of Scilly, and we've now added electric vehicles to it. Uh, what the electric vehicles can do is be, be charged when they're not being used for transport from the solar power stations that, that Claudio mentioned. But they can also use their large batteries to feed energy back into the station that they're connected at if there's, if there's a building there that needs to be powered or into the grid when the grid is short of power or particularly short of renewable power. And that's typically in the evening peaks. So we're finding that when the vehicles come back from being used by the businesses and residents during the day, they're parked back at the stations and connected in. Any spare 
um, battery that's left in those vehicles can then be used to power the islands when everyone gets home and switches on their heating and their ovens and other electrically operated devices. And that uh, that that can you know be powered by the vehicles, and then the, the vehicles can then be charged up later on in the night when energy is cheaper, um, if time allows be charged up by the solar power the next morning. Yeah, I mean, as John mentioned, that's sort of representative of a, a wider problem in the UK, but also in the world. You know, renewable en- energy isn't always available. So this vehicle to grid technology is very, very important, along with smart charging and, uh, and smart controls in general, uh, to be able to sort of modify the demand or give demand side response uh, when required. You've got to start on our favorite topic now, Emily. So uh I'd also add the stat that the average vehicle is stationary 95% of its time. I think that's from the, the Automobile Association. It's only actually used for transport for 5%. And as we convert all our petrol and diesel vehicles to electric, we've got these batteries that are that are sitting there stationary 95% of the time. And if we can access those, then we have one huge battery of all the cars in car parks or parked at work or school or, or railway stations that we can use to store energy and, and feed energy back if you also add this V2G vehicle to grid technology to that mix. That sounds like in itself a pretty big challenge, um, trying to work with something that's not reliable. Has there been any other challenges that you wanted to share? Yeah, I think uh, the main challenge was basically trying to implement all of these different systems that need to work together. So the charger in itself is one piece of kit and the solar panels are another piece of kit, but we need to be able to get all of these to communicate together along with the vehicles to be able to tell when they can be charged or when they need to be discharged. So essentially there needs to be an IT system in the background that takes care of all of the data and automatically sort of feeds energy in and out of the vehicles. And uh, yeah, trying to integrate these systems uh, along with our different partners on the island has definitely been part of, uh, of quite a big challenge and sometimes still ongoing as well. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, part of working in in innovation is is kind of taking on those challenges, um, and and the technical ones are certainly always always there to try us. That nothing beats actually putting stuff on the ground, connecting it up, and trying to make it do unusual things. Um, but there's also the people challenge as well. You have to account for the fact that um, these cars are going to be hired by all kinds of different people, young and old, able and disabled people want to use it for their personal use or business use in all kinds of weathers. And fundamentally, we're asking them all to use an app on their phone or, or a website or, or to pick up a phone and, and book it through the, um, the, the, the center on the islands. And as soon as you've got people interacting, uh, you, you learn new things that, that you have to sort out to make, to make the whole system work. Um, Hitachi are focused on the energy innovation side, how we can make electrified transport work uh, for, for, for the energy side as well. Um, but we're also interested in learning how people are interacting with this technology, what makes them want to use the vehicles, what makes them interested in the projects that we're doing. And, you know, there's over the years on the Alta Cilia, there's been a huge increase in awareness uh, around the environment and climate change and how technology can help, you know, what, what is uh, quite an isolated community 28 miles off the coast of Land's End in the, in, in the Atlantic Ocean that has more than its fair share of storms um, and Sometimes they, you know, they go for, for days without any supply vessels and the shelves in the shops are empty and they have to be very resilient and survive. But they, they can see how new technology can help them be even more resilient and help them be part of the solution to stop climate change and sea level rise and other things that are going to impact um, you know, their lives in the future. 
It sounds like a sort of perfect testing ground for for this type of project, you know, starting in a small community. I take that it's been a positive response so far. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely has. I mean, I can only speak for GoEV, having joined fairly recently, but the vehicles are almost always booked out. Um, so they're they're very much used uh, in different businesses. So it's uh, it's a great response on the island. In fact, I think the uh, the doctor there on the island has been using it through COVID as well. One of the vans or one of the cars to to get around and do different sort of different testing for um, for the residents. So it's definitely being used quite a lot and very much appreciated. So far, they've been using uh, sort of older vehicles uh, or an older bus system to to get around the island. The vehicle ownership is actually surprisingly high there. And uh, yeah, they, they tend to use uh, usually their own vehicles in the past, but they're now taking up the new electric ones that they, they quite like the zippiness of uh, around the islands. So that's that's always great to see. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, Claudio. The, the, I think there, w- there was initially some skepticism about electric vehicles. Uh, they'd had some previous... Uh, versions for for the delivery service on the islands that hadn't stood up to the extreme um, saltiness of the environment. You know, they get sea spray blowing over the islands all the time, and stuff corrodes, or, or and electrical circuits don't, don't work well in those situations. So there was definitely some skepticism about whether electric vehicles would be right for the islands. But they they really have adopted them and and taken them on board. And yeah, your point about uh, their their value in the COVID response um, that that was so fortunate that, that we'd managed to get some of the vehicles there you know before the pandemic hit uh, and we'd got the charges there so that so that they could be charged and they were a key part of that covid response for the council of the Isles of Scilly um and for the, the medical services on the island to get testing kits around to get um uh, make sure that that uh, some of the more elderly population who couldn't come into the health center could be transported safely and you know get face masks and other ppe out to people so that that was a really nice side benefit of of the project uh, when other things were a little bit slowed down by the pandemic actually the fact that we had these electric vehicles there that could be used by the community uh, to help respond to the pandemic was a, a really nice um nice benefit that's wonderful to hear and yeah definitely incredibly important um that you know people have been able to continue doing very important jobs through this time and it, it's great that your team and you know hitachi wider have been able to sort of play it play a small part in that the project now you know we were talking about the Isle of Scilly um and it, it's you know being successful there at the moment what are the plans for the future um are you going to take it to to other places is it just staying on the islands could you share a bit more about you know what's next we're actually sort of closing out the projects in the next uh, few months so ideally in Q1 of 2022. And that just means essentially uh, getting all of the data analysis that we want to get done uh, in terms of how the car share has been operating, what kind of energy we've been using, and what kind of benefit we've been able to provide. So we're trying to get that all sort of written down on a report after a bit of a sprint on the data analysis in, uh, in the early part of next year. So that's essentially to to be able to wrap it up, and then we're we're going to try to sort of take the learnings from that into uh, into the wider business, and um, yeah, and promote V two G within our business and and for our clients, and see what kind of value it can have um, in in the energy system as a whole. So I think that's the plan. Yes, indeed. I'd like to take a moment to mention um, some of the partners on on the GoV project. So. Uh, it's funded by the European Union, uh, the ERDF, European Regional Development Fund, and also by 
the government's leveling up fund through the local enterprise partnership. So uh, whenever you're doing innovation like this, it helps to have some funding that, that gets the technologies proven and, and gets the data, as Claudio said, such that we can understand how to deploy them in a commercial context. And um, you may know that uh, um, Hitachi Zero Carbon business started last year uh, around intelligent fleet decarbonization. So that's working with uh, corporate clients are trying to um, decarbonize their fleets, moving typically from diesel vans um, and, and diesel buses to electrified uh, models. And, and that is a big challenge because it's not just um, buying a different vehicle. It's understanding how to charge that vehicle, where to put the chargers, um, and how to power sites that are now demanding a lot more energy. Um, so our learnings from Smart Energy Ireland, from GoEV, also from our Optimize Prime project, the world's largest corporate EV trial uh, in London, are all feeding into our new commercial businesses in Hitachi under the, the new zero carbon brand. Yeah, as Claudio says, vehicle to grid V2G is a technology that's still in its infancy. Um, Optimize Prime uh, proved that you can charge a vehicle smartly to, to reduce the impact on the energy grid, to reduce the cost of fueling that vehicle. And, and, and to make sure that electric vehicles have enough range to do the job they've got to do, um, whatever job that is. When you extend that to vehicle to grid, then you get that concept of the vehicles not just being used for transport, but being able to feed back into the grid and be part of that balancing mechanism that renewables need. You know, a fleet of vehicles, a fleet of electric vehicles is one large battery that if you can connect up uh, to feed energy back in, then, then you can use, use these vehicles uh, for so much more. Uh, in terms of balancing that renewable energy. Could you also tell us a bit about the not-for-profit uh, venture that's been set up on the islands as well? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking. That was part of the, the previous project. We wanted to um, make sure we were leaving uh, a legacy on the islands once these projects uh, ha- have done. And we set up um, a community venture uh, as a CIC, a community interest company, um, which employs uh, three people on the islands at the moment and basically inherits all the assets that we install using the public funding like the ERDF funding or the the UK government funding. Um, So this uh, community venture, as it's called, is now operating uh, the car share. So it's people on the islands that are providing a service for the other residents and businesses. You know, we've been helping them get it set up and helping them use the systems. Uh, And they've been a key part of the project delivery. They've been looking at the how they're going to run it ongoing, how much they're going to charge for the car sharing scheme uh, and how they can make sure it's got a, a life after the, the project has finished and after the funding is. And they that, that community venture also owns uh, the solar installations that we um, installed on the islands and uh, you know is there to ensure that uh, the technology works for the islands and that they can do more projects in the future to, to keep extending their, their efforts on mitigating climate change and being more environmental uh, and ultimately getting to a zero carbon position on the islands. Their, their stated goal is to be uh, driven by 100% renewable energy. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm really proud that we've been able to help them with the first few steps on that journey. That's great. And it's, I, I think it's so important to you know keep this going, and particularly the strong relationship that you've built on, on the Isle of Scilly. It's, it's great that you're supporting them keep this going into the future. Maybe that leads us on to a good place to ask my final question. I'd, I'd like to know a bit about your aspirations. Um, so, Claudio, maybe starting with you, what's your goal for the future, uh, whether it be in business, personal, and what are you looking forward to in 2022? I'll tell you what, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, I haven't quite figured out my long-term goals just yet, but I just know that they want to be focused on sustainability. 
so before I joined Hitachi, I did a master's at UCL on sustainable resources. And the goal for me was sort of to start my career um, within, within this industry. So essentially, I do want to do uh, good for the world. And I think, yeah, I think I'm, I'm sort of in a position to at least start my career uh, within this. And it's great to start at Hitachi with such a, uh, such a shifting focus at the moment going towards uh, zero carbon. And then, uh, yeah, in terms of near-term goals, I would say just being able to deliver this GoEV project uh, and report and making sure that it's sort of useful for the business in general and for our clients. And then uh, longer term, developing uh, yeah, zero carbon propositions and starting to, to really be able to decarbonize transport and energy in general. Whatever shape that may take in terms of my personal career, I'm not entirely sure yet, but I'm, uh, I'm leaving it open for now. And we'll see where it takes me. I'm at a different stage of my career than Claudio, I'm very jealous. Um, I, I started working in climate change back in 2007 uh, for the Carbon Trust. Um, similar to Claudio, I wanted to be uh, you know, working in this area to, to have an impact. But I was shocked listening to a lot of the coverage from COP26, uh, how much I'd kind of taken for granted over the last few years that we're making progress. We're clearly not making enough progress uh, you know, uh, as a society to, to stopping uh, climate change. It's, you know, it's horrifying to see all the deforestation that's, you know, that's still out there, all the coal-fired power stations that are still being built. It's, you know, it's unbelievable given how much we've known for so long about how fossil fuels damage the planet, that we're still extracting them from the grounds and, and, and burning them and pumping them out. It was quite a wake up for me to think, gosh, I, I've been working in this industry for this long and, and not having enough impact. So my yeah, my, my, my ambition, my aim is, is to work out what more I can do to, to really get more, you know, more of the solutions that we need uh, you know, deployed in the UK and in Europe and wider and, and set a pattern for, for other Hitachi businesses that, that, that can you know, also help solve this problem. And I think part of that is you know, understanding on a personal level what we can do. So uh, I would recommend everyone to, to go out and try driving an electric vehicle. I know there's, you know, I know there's, uh, there's an environmental impact in, in uh, the production of electric vehicle, but when you look at how much carbon you save in their use, and, and these vehicles are being built now and they're going to be uh, you know, in a useful life for a long time, they're, they're really easy and pleasant to drive. I was always surprised by people, particularly on the island, saying, oh, you know, I can't drive an electric vehicle. They're harder to drive. They're more complicated. They're actually so much easier and it's such a more pleasant experience. And, and I'm a petrol head, so I, I've, been, I've been turned. And that's, that's just on a personal level, but on a professional level, yeah, it's working out how we can take these funded in, innovation projects and make them commercial business, everyday business, while we're growing the economy and, you know, and all having productive lives and, and earning a living. We're doing it in products and businesses and services that are helping make the planet a better place, not, not in, in, in exercises that are that are making the planet a worse place or causing problems for future generations. I think that's great. And I think a lot of businesses have taken a hard look at themselves after COP26. And something that I've heard a lot, you know, particularly from Alistair Dormer, who's our, our chief environmental officer at Hitachi, he's really said, you know, the work has just begun, you know, COP might be over, but we've really got a long way to go. So a scary time, but also an exciting time, um, hopefully a time of change. So Thank you both so much for joining. It's been incredibly interesting to learn more about GoEV um, and the project itself. Um, so thank you for joining us today.
Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. 